This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jackson's there. Billy did. The goal. Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. For Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. This weekend we welcome not only Ipswich Town to the John Smith Stadium, but also Darren Moore for his first game as Huddersfield Town Manager. And we were rewarded with a game full of incident, which revealed the many faces of modern football and ultimately left us all thoroughly entertained. Uh, With myself, Matt Shaw, to look back on the game and the past week in HD1, I have my usual anchor. It's Richard Cosy Cosmala. (laughs) And I was careful, I was careful. And adding some insight from Carlos Corbran territory of Ifine Bridge, it's a welcome return to... The podcast to Ian Kilroy Silk. How are you doing, Paul? I'm all right, lads. How are we? How are we all going? We're good. We're good, aren't we? Good out with Cosy, I think. Yeah, buzzing. And I loved it yesterday. But you know what, Gil, I'm glad you're on. But the one thing I wanted to ask today is not on. Did Cosy have a little grow up, Mr. Berg? So I want to know. And we're not going to find out unless he messages in. I'm gutted about that. I, I was trying to zoom in on it today. And what are you there? Did you? You had a look, Matt, did you? He crushed, he crushed his own child to get to Bergzog. That was that was the worst thing about it. He absolutely smashed oh. his own his own oh, young sir. lad. It's, it's disgraceful parenting, but yes. Anyway, just speaking of speaking of things that are certainly not disgraceful, and that is our sponsor, Magic Rock Brewing. So if you use our code of AHTTC10, you'll get 10% off all online orders at www.magicrockbrewing.com. Com. And remember to get down there on match days and say hello to some characters such as Frosty, the Podman, aka Brady Frost, and Co. And I'm sure you'll have a great time down there as well. 
And speaking of great times, boys, we have Huddersfield Town 1, Ipswich 1. So we'll break the game down because we don't have a lot to talk about this week, really. So we'll we'll probably spend most of the time on the game. I thought it was a really interesting lineup from Darren Moore going with the 3-5-2. Probably predictable, but I think that's a system which suits us the best. Uh, and it was uh, a very interesting dynamic on the left side uh, I picked up originally from uh, quite early on, especially in the first half. And they seemed to stop this sort of midway through the first half towards the second, but the Josh Ruffles and Yuta Nakayama uh, dynamic was very interesting at times swapping positions. So in defence, Yuta would sort of loop back round into the left-sided centre-back position and Josh Ruffles would stay at left-back. And then in attack, Yuta would sort of underlap him to get, and then move out to the left wing-back, which was really interesting. It really worked as well in that first half. And it was uh, Nakayama's really um, insightful, uh, incisive sorry, passing, which caused a lot of problems for, for Ipswich. Um, it was it was sort of the runners, wasn't it? Ben Wiles, Jack Radoni bursting from midfield, and then Bergzorg and and Karoma were really energetic up front and causing a lot of problems for for Ipswich um, in that particular first half and really stretching them. Um, having you know those two pacey forwards as well, like uh, Josh Karoma and Bergzorg, sort of really helped push Ipswich back and also stopped them from being able to play out from the back. And the reason why Ipswich have got so high and Ipswich are a very likeable team this season. You know, they've come up, they play great football. Um they're a non-offensive club, if you like, <laughs> unlike unlike some. Uh, but they're just just a, a decent club, well run club, um quite likable and and they play good football. But we stopped them from doing so. Uh, Ipswich found it very difficult with our high press. Uh, and if we didn't get them with the first phase of the press, we tended to get them with the second phase, which uh, and an example, a good example of that killer was when uh Josh Karoma had a chance early on which was saved by Hladke and then you just saw the ball dropping I think you were behind the goal and I was what I was in line with it and you just saw it dropping you thought that's going in is that and then it just hits the crossbar doesn't it and then goes over the top but it was it was good stuff wasn't it tactically I thought Darren Moore really nailed it got it got it absolutely spot on against it which and you know he's had a bit of experience against them last season with the two games for Sheffield Wednesday but for me nailed it I thought he did. I thought he would bang on. Um, you could see, what, what, I found it quite unexpected how much of a change it was from Coventry. The second half against Coventry, we kind of swapped to our centre-backs being the overload really through the middle and, and trying to create chances through them. And that didn't really happen at all on Saturday. It was it was totally different. Have we settled if Ruffle started at left centre-back or Uta did? Because I thought it was Nakayama as a left winger, effectively, or uh, left wing-back. And Ruffle's a bit deeper, but... To be fair, Nakiyama, he was everywhere. He was absolutely everywhere, causing all sorts of problems. And every time we went forward, he was just always involved with it. Um, I thought the game was fantastic. I thought there's not many times when you walk away from a one-all draw at home where you've conceded in the last couple of minutes and, and actually be quite excited about it and, and looking forward to how the season's going to go. Um, Darren Moore, I think the football we saw yesterday is what he'll want to play going forward. And I thought we had it switched number. I expected a lot more from them. Now, they resorted to to basically kicking the ball pretty long, like you say, Matt, because of the the press from our two two strikers so so much in that first half that they were just trying to hit it long into to George Hurst. And to be fair to him, he yeah, actually won every like he won every header against Hellick. And I can't remember a game where that's happened before. And mm. whilst we did lose that first ball, we were so quick at the back, we just cleaned everything up, and, and it didn't really look like we were under much of a much of a struggle. But like you said, everything came down that left hand side for us, unless we were counter attacking, which we we did with the press really well, but. The, the left-hand side between Nakayama and Ruffles was was really good. It's reminiscent, I think, of when we had Toffolo and Pippa as wing-backs in the, the overload and there were just people filling in for them, letting letting them go forward and understanding that they could create such a lot for us. 
and Nakayama offers us that. And Ruffles is clever enough to to help him out and cover for it. But there, there was some very exciting things I saw in, in the game yesterday. Because uh, me and Killer enjoyed that first half in particular. And just just there, Kladki made a second save from Josh Karoma as well, which I thought Josh Karoma was going to score. He's about eight yards out, middle of the goal. And there was a defender on the line and, and the keepers made a second excellent save at, at this point. But Town cranking up the pressure, you know, before we'll talk about the flashpoint of the penalty, but before then, Town could really have been two goals up easily, couldn't they, at this point? Yeah, there were a good vibe uh, yesterday, I thought, coming into the stadium. Everyone were up for it. I really pleased, I think, just built on the uh, injury to Town. Uh, the goal equaliser on Monday night and that as well. And uh, I knew it would be a good game, just did. thought, uh, yeah, obviously, we, we kind of criticised, well, yes, let's be honest, I have probably criticised Coroma a little bit for his performance on uh, on Monday night, I think you said I've maybe looked a bit disinterested, but could have none of that at home and that today. We're back to the uh, the chroma that we saw in the uh, the lockdown season, and obviously, yeah, you know, for bits of uh, bits of last season when Warnock took over, really impressed with him and Bergdog. Again, he just like the he's, he's just, yeah, just such a likable guy. I, I, so you've got your two best players later on. I'll talk about mine, but oh, fantastic. They were kind of everything that they weren't on Monday night. Really, they were. You know, pressing, stretching, and yeah, I, I thought I mean, I'm not as big a tactician as you guys, but I thought I thought we used the width of the pitch so much more than we have in many other games, certainly uh, kind of under Warnock as well. And I thought we tried to play a bit more football before, and you no, know, we've Darren Moore's nailed his colours to this uh, attacking football mast, and obviously Jake Edwards kind of uh, nailed him to it as well. So he's got to kind of deliver that, and I did think the crowd responded to that, Matt. I thought everyone like bought into it and got behind it. It was a little bit different kind of football. We were moving stuff a lot quicker. Nakayama, oh, like a Rolls Royce. Oh, man, it's so tragic that he had to go off as well. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just good energy, but we had to do that. I think when you listen to most uh, interviews and stuff like that as well, Ipswich like to dictate the game. They, they you know, get stuck in. They bring the ball forward and we get as good as we got. I thought Ben Wiles was good as well. And, uh, yeah, we're fantastic. But just like anything, in it, when you have a good start or keep it, you just if you need them goals don't you and that as well when you're on top but bloody hell we did we bumped into uh peak mark andre to stegen uh, call it what you like uh what oh, jesus christ that guy we're just yeah, standing so on his head wasn't it? Wasn't and, he was, and he was good with his he was good with his feet as well annoyingly he had everything yeah. didn't he? he was quite small for a keeper but he just yeah. he had he had a great game and and yeah. to be fair we'll we'll mention early nickels save later but oh, do you think that you know when it dropped onto the bar do you think he knew it was going over or what it one of those oh my god it could have him, you know, I don't think anyone. It, I don't think anyone knew it was like. <gasps> is that where you hold? You gasp. Know, it's like sharp intake, and it's like, and then it's. Yeah, maybe oh, from behind like, the goal, we were going from behind the goal. They were already going to take the corner. It looked like everyone thought he was going miles over, yeah. and at the last moment, thought, "Hang on, he might be dropping in here," and they all suddenly started to react. Yeah. But I think I think they thought he was going well over. Yeah, I, I did initially, and then it just dipped sharply, didn't it? It's like, <laughs> hang on, and it's oh, and then, but yeah, I think that maybe set the tone for uh, for our. I was going to say our luck. Yeah, Matt, they did have a little bit of luck at times, but go on, Carl. Just to bring in, and I don't think it was the coin toss, was it? Because we came on the pitch. They don't, it's not like rugby where they do the coin toss in the tunnel before the game. I wonder if that's a Darren Moore thing that I'm, I'm fingers. I'm Achille Yogi because you're sitting there Panasonic, but I know we've gone on about it for ages and ages, but I just wonder. I don't. I want to see more evidence. Obviously, we're going to see it at QPR next up, but you know, when we did come out that, it were, we were settled. We were set up to play. So, well, the switch of ends, yeah, so you mean the switch of ends, don't you? 
Yeah, it looked like yes, a Darren yeah. Moore thing. Yeah, if, yeah, I think the way they've the, the built yeah, it up was a Darren Moore thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a, it was a Darren Moore thing. He commented on it afterwards and he was like, well, it makes sense to, to go towards the noisy, noisier end. And and it does. I think the the people have asked before, aren't they, the reasons why we why line up like that. And the reason that we get is usually because of the sun. <laughs> yeah, there's no sun yesterday, but usually you get a high sun, don't you, in the keeper's eyes first half on a Saturday. But there's no reason why we can't just play that end and then switch when there's no sun because it's like Sunday league isn't it killer you get out in your area first before the other team and you've kind of like half claimed which way you're kicking isn't it but uh, that's what I thought happened yesterday that's what I thought happened yesterday I thought they just accidentally went to the wrong way but um, it felt like it, it, a big game didn't it I just felt the, the atmosphere the noise they obviously sell out away and three weeks it was sold out before the game and I don't know the lights were on it were arsing it down it just one of those, I just, I said on our group, didn't I? I just think it's coming, we didn't get the win, but just felt one of those special kind of, I'm going to say McAlpine and then show me it's special John Smiths. That it just felt a good, just, yeah, this is why it we It felt were, tense, wasn't it? It felt really tense, I thought. Like everyone was on edge. I don't know why. It's a middle of the season game. It's yeah. not really going to dictate our season, but for some reason, it's where it started well. I thought the first 10 minutes, they were all over us. And at first, I'm thinking, we're in a bit of trouble here. They should have scored yeah. after three minutes. They've had a free header five yard out and put it straight down Nichols' throat. Anywhere else in the goal, it's 1-0 down and the game is very different because we're chasing then a team that have won every away game, I think, by one goal apart from the first game. I think yesterday's the first time they've conceded away from home since against Sunderland in their first proper away game. So I expected if that had happened, it's a totally different game. But like you say, once we grew into it, the crowd really went at it. They were, they were banging the back of the drum were going or banging the back of the metal on the back of the stands or whatever it is on the kill on the bank side because we could hear that in the Panasonic. You can't hear much else up there, but you could hear that. It just it did feel like an occasion. It felt like you said that that's what championship football at its best is like, and, and, and when it's like that, it, it's just so good that we're still in this division. You got to give a lot of credit to it, Ipswich to Huddersfield is not a short trip either, is it? You know, to sell out uh, Ipswich. I know they're they're giddy at the minute at the Ipswich fans, and they're loving loving football, loving life at the minute. And when when you're in that sort of headspace, you know, you do want to travel, you do want to go to games, but, you know, fair, you know, to Huddersfield's a long way and fair credit to them all for selling out. And I'm sure they could have probably sold more because they were quite keen, weren't they? Um, but let's talk about that flashpoint in the first half. So Amari Hutchison um, went down under a tackle uh, from Sauber Thomas. And I think in real time, everybody thought it's going to be a penalty and you kind of held your breath and the referee didn't put his didn't really motion for it. And you're like, he's going to do it. Or he's going to do one of those slow, annoying ones, you know, like, like one of the umpires at cricket, you know, where the slow arm goes up the slow arm of death. And it just never came. And you're like, what's going on here? And Cosy, you felt that it was, uh, well, I'm going to change my mind. Mark. Oh, have you changed your mind? We were arguing about this last night yeah. and you were like, it's a penalty. The end is a penalty. The end. Well, well I watched it back. Uh, <laughs> I watched it back on a replay pretty much straight. And I saw it a few times, but, I've seen it again today. Maybe it's the Junker eyes, I'm afraid, again. But <laughs> what I seen to happen to me, Matt, was that it was one of those, you could have given it, no one could have argued because it looked it. And yeah. I, I'm at a stage now with so much cheating in the game and what's going on. If it looks a penalty, or the referee, I can see why the refs give it. Even if you get home and you, th- and you think, God, it shouldn't have been. I have no arguments for that. It's just them other ones. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know what, Matt? He seemed to, he got in front of him, but he did. He took a, he, he took a touch of miss control didn't he though that he went hard to see from straight away which which kind of veered him he said the ball went the other way so it's kind of to me he'd lost a little bit of control and I I, I don't know I didn't think see, it I don't killer, think it won now maybe, but, but. Killer thinks it's a penalty don't you 
Right, I think you look at you can Unless look you've at changed your mind previous. in the last no, ten no, seconds I, as well. I, I don't change. I'm a stubborn. I'm a stubborn man. I don't change yeah, my mind. Old. Or if I do, I never admit it. I just stick by it and I'll live and die on that. But Town fan. I, I, I think there's three different ways. To look, the three parts of a penalty shout. I reckon there's one you see it first time round, and now obviously I'm a long way away from that. But he's cutting, and now we think Sorber Thomas were dropped for the game against Coventry because his defensive work isn't necessarily the greatest, is it? Like. No. If he's if he's if it's a one on one against Sober Thomas and he's our last man on that side, it's pastations, isn't it? I am as a fan watching it, thinking, "Oh, we are in trouble here," or he's going to take him down. Like he's always got that look. It's just, or, or he lets him glide past him, which we might come on to later on with a goal. But he's kind of a panic, a panic, and, and then when he, when he's cut inside of him and, and he's taken, it looks from where I am, he's taking him down. So and with the pace of it and how the ball went, he didn't change direction from anyone else's foot to my eyes initially, other than the attacker Richardson. Um, I think it's. I think it's a penalty. And then secondly, you look at it again, and then you've got your VAR shout, right? If it's on VAR, to me, I think Sauber Thomas kicks his foot before he touches the ball, even if he does, right? So it's the second second version of it, to me, technically, it's a penalty. But then, if I've been played football my entire life, I know when a striker's trying to make a bit most of something. And that's what that's what he looked to do. So it would have been soft. But technically, I still think it's a penalty. And I think if they'd have been given it, and I'm like, you, I'm waiting for the slow... I waited for about 10 minutes, I think, for him to give it. I was still waiting after it, but come back in to play for a dead ball or a call, whatever, whatever he, the ref gave from it. But it just, it seemed to me like it was it was a penalty, but one of those where you're kind of frustrated. But realistically, Sauber Thomas shouldn't have got in that position in the start, in, in the first place. He shouldn't have been allowing him to cut in like he did. And if it had given it, the error wouldn't have been in the tackle, but the positioning to allow him to take him on in the first place. You see, my, my view of it, so I'll just, I'll rip into my view, Cos, and I'll come back to you. But my, my view initially was that's a penalty. The guys run across him. When you're an attacker, the best thing to do is to run across a defender. Josh Caroma did it, didn't he? And got one of their guys booked, which I thought was a bit soft, if I'm honest. And um, their guy, Hutchison, cut inside. And then, like Cosy says, he just the ball just kind of shifts to the right of him. And at this point, I think he hangs... It's, it's classic Steven Gerrard for me, is this, where the guy hangs his right leg out looking for contact and then goes down. You know, he's gaming it, really. And everyone does it. There's teams do it up and down the country, week in, week out. It's not, it's not a go at Hutchison in particular or Ipswich. It's just what footballers do. But people who've watched football for 20, 30 years, well, 30 years like me, absolutely hate it because that's not where it was like when we were growing up. You know, you, you used to have to maim someone to give a penalty away, didn't you? And I'm, I'm still like the jeopardy of a penalty for something so soft is just so harsh. So I, I hate seeing penalties given for things like this. It's one of those where if the referee gives the penalty, you're like, well, I can't really argue too hard against it, but I don't think it is, but I understand why he's given it. And if he doesn't give a penalty, I don't think VAR changes their mind if there is VAR in the championship either, because I don't think it's clear and obvious either way. It's just one of those where an Ipswich fan is going to say, shut up, you know about it, Stonewall. And we're going to go, nah, he's, he's, he's chanced it. He's, he's thrown his leg out to go down. It's, it's one of those, isn't it, where whoever you support, you're going to think it's either 100% or or not it's it's one of those things and thankfully we're, we're we've been on the end of so many crap refereeing decisions over the last five ten years since we came up to the second tier it's just nice to have one go our way isn't it where where you kind of think thank thank god for that but uh bring you back in sorry cos on that yeah i just thought a couple of things were interesting again there might be another interview that i hadn't seen that proves otherwise but i heard a couple of interviews with kieran mckenna and, and he didn't really bitch about it at all he didn't even mention it so i don't know whether that's just you know and it's positive vibe we don't want to like look at anything and then their fans didn't really go on about it. Cheat, 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 or refs and that. I didn't hear any of that. So, but, and they had a better view of it probably than anyone, didn't they, where, where they were. But 
But I think what I'd say, Matt, is it was less of a penalty today when I watched it through sober eyes than, than it felt. Thomas. Yeah, than it felt yesterday. But yeah, we're, uh, yeah, Thomas's defensive work, it's, oh God. It's yeah, I mean. You can glide past or would you rather have that though or what? What we nearly give away that penalty. It's a bit of a yeah. It's no. like I say, if I'm an Ipswich fan, I'm probably sat here going, "That's a penalty." There's there's a, there's a contact, oh. but it, as a Huddersfield fan, you're like, "There's not enough contact." Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, you can watch that ten times and come to a different conclusion, can't you? Unless you're a, an Ipswich fan or a Huddersfield. I fan. believe though, Matt, he was an absolute pain in the ass for us. Hutchison, yeah, good. He should have been booked for that. That where he went in on Nakayama, stood in Nakayama. I don't know how he avoided a booking for that. Um, but yeah, he was very good. He was a, a real menace down the flank. And like I say, we were on about Ipswich fans. I saw a, a tweet sort of with it posted saying it's a stonewall penalty. And, and to credit, a lot of them in the chat were like, no, I don't think that is a stonewall penalty. He's made a lot of it. And I find Ipswich fans to be quite on the decent spectrum of football fans, the more reasonable and, you know, decent, decent bunch. Um, but we'll come on to that later, Cosy, with maybe some one or two that aren't. Um, but yeah, that, that was the flashpoint. And then, after that, Bergsog's denied again by that man, Kladke, and uh, Town should really be going up in the second half, at least a couple of goals up, I thought. Huddersfield Town, that is not a switch. Uh, and then the second half continues in a similar vein. Uh, Kladke denies Karoma. To be fair, that's probably a simplish push away for a, a goalkeeper like that, isn't it? Where he denies Karoma from outside the box. And again, it's Town's high pressing that's causing the issues for them. And, and that was a real point throughout it was almost like Wagner was back wasn't it with some of that high pressing it was it was fantastic and then here comes the doctor with his follow-up appointment you know Nakiyama it is who plays him in down the left he comes inside and he just it's it's just a good finish isn't it hits it crisp hard and low through the defender the keeper's got no chance with that I was jumping up and down in in the upper tier not many were I'll be honest in that in that section but I was I was uh I love that and it was sort of typical of of Bergzor's performance. He was he was such a pest, wasn't he? He's got size, he's got strength, he's got pace. He's just an absolute. If he's heads on it, he's he's going to be a nightmare for for a lot of defenders in this league. And that was um, certainly a good moment, killer. I didn't think he was a striker when we brought him. I, I thought he was going to be more of a more of a winger, yeah. but he looks to me like a bona fide number nine, like his goal yesterday. It's just a snapshot, really. I know he's cutting on it, but he's it pretty quick, straight into front post because goal is moving across his across his goal as he's going across the across the field. But he's kind of got it. Obviously, it's not from nothing, but it's just a snapshot he's done really well at. And now that's a clinical striker's kind of finish. That it's not a winger. It's not Chroma doesn't score like that, really, does he? Likes to take it on his right and curl one in if, if people are cutting in. Sorba Thomas is similar, but I think we've actually got a number nine. I think we, we've got one here. And if, 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 he, if we give him the game time, which he's bound to get because of obviously the, the squad size that we've got, he'll score goals. And he, he is a pest. He's pretty big. He's, he's fast. He's got everything. I don't know why. I don't know actually I understand how he's ended up with us. I don't know how we, we've had the clout to bring him in because... I don't know how we knew about he, him. He, that's, that's the only thing. He's, it's that transfer committee is working off. The scouting must be, must be doing its business because... He looks a player. He, he, he's coming straight away and instantly from the moment he started up front, we look a different team because of it. The pressing that we're doing as well, Matt, is, is it's not just... I think Wagner press was a bit more... Everyone kind of pressed all the time. It were a bit more... We were all we were willing to take you on up top because we've got Schindler and a bit of pace at the back to make up that you can't play over us. But the, the, the press that we had yesterday was just clever. Every time um, Itzwick took a dead ball, they, they took a centre-back to the goalkeeper so they could totally play it out from the back. And we'd let him do it for a little bit, 
but we sensed when they made a bad touch or when when the positioning wasn't right and then just attacked it and if you, I imagine if you look at the percentages of, of successful presses once we realised they made one bad pass or somebody was out of position, we were pretty phenom- phenomenal at it yesterday. Yeah. Um, we created so many chances from turning the ball over in that front third. I can't remember doing that in another game in the last couple of years. I can't. No. And it came down to me, to Bergdorf. I thought he was, like I say, the, the linchpin of it. And then Karoma being the second guy in. And um, it, it was just, it's, it's something very different. And like I say, Mo's been here two games now. And very quickly, we've got a, a, quite a different style and we're pressing in a different way. And that's where the goal came from yesterday as well. We, we look a different team, even though we've got the same players in the in the team. It, it was fun. It was fun to watch. It's Watching your team press, Cosy, is just... It just... People from Huddersfield get it, don't they? The, the Huddersfield, people from Huddersfield thrive on grafting. Isn't, that's one of the buzzwords, isn't it? Hard work. And when you're pressing like that, that's what you're seeing, isn't it? Hard work in front of you. And that's the sort of thing that town fans in particular can identify with and get behind, isn't it? And it's it's certainly a, a lot of fun. Um, and then Gladke, the goal's great, Cosy. Feel free to talk about it. But the save Gladke then makes from Jack Radoni is is ridiculous, what? isn't it? What an absolute Radoni. stunning save that is. It's it's incredible. Uh, I mean, Radoni, Radoni should probably score, shouldn't he? But when when the keeper makes a save like that, you can't really blame him much, can you? It's just It's just, you'd rather say that's a great save rather than a miss, wouldn't you? I think the problem is, well, it's not a problem, it, if, if, certainly if it's Lee Nichols, but you know early on when they make a couple of saves, you're just thinking, here we go, it's going to be one of those days. It, or, or if you're a keeper, I can't do anything wrong. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you got the biggest power on it, to be honest with you, but it was quite amusing, actually. He kind of nearly ran into the Richards fans with anger. I don't think you knew what did because they put it in. But what I like about Bergsorg, and again, social media, he can't read too much into it, but he looks like he's enjoying life. He's, he's, he must have reposted on his Instagram loads of times when he's jumped in the crowd. He calls it his family. He says, meeting my family. I thought it was funny. His celebration were brilliant. We don't get enough of that. I know stewards and kills. Did he get booked, by the way? I don't know if he did for leaving the pitch. But... I will check. I will check that. I don't think he did, but I will double check it. Yeah, he, he got a yellow. Well, it's on my thing as a yellow. I don't know whether that was for that, but yeah, I don't think anything else got booked. But just that nice I just love moments like that, mate, because I think, We've said before, we, we're not in love with his football team. He, we found it hard to like, especially under following them. But stuff like that, there were, there were other players jumping over and getting involved with the celebration. I like to see that, mate. It's connection. with That's what we need. You, you, you want your town. Darren Moore's been big on that this week. And I think that's what I've been really impressed with. Darren Moore, I'd let any time. You know, we, we played on Monday night. And the press, like you say, he'd take a bit out of us. So I, did, I did think we ran out of gas. But naturally, though, because the way we were pressing... We played Monday, they'd had extra four hours rest or whatever and that as well. But yeah, there was so much to like about it and that as well. It, it, and the crowd really latched onto it earlier. And I, I were wondering what it was going to be like because, you know, there's a lot, obviously, love for Warnock. There was a lot of meh for the appointment of Moore on the mm-hmm. social media with a lot of people. But straight away, I felt the love for Moore in his ground. I felt the energy for the, for, in the ground. And I honestly think even at half time when it were you know, nil-nil. I've spent a while since I've seen this clapped off like we were. And I'm sat in a stand, which is normally one of the most critical in football, in my opinion, the kill my pants. So the, for people to clap the team off, and even at the end, you know, I thought everyone like... Yeah, it was quite funny when they, they to clap. Yeah, yeah they were, when, when they were attacking, there were people whistling in the town stands like for the whistle, like we were winning, but we were always on because people were tuned into the game thinking this is going to be a good point. Dan Moore's done a great job, but yeah, it was so much to love about it yesterday and that as well. And uh, yeah, massive respect for Moore for, for doing, you know, things straight away. And 
like he's, he's been saying, he didn't want to come in, you know, and why should you? Because, you know, with three unbeaten when he came in, he not, not totally change it, rip things up, but one or two smarts for weeks. And I think we saw yesterday, for me, it's, uh, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, and then we come to the turning point, really, the game is the substitutions around the 70-minute mark, isn't it? Um, and this is where the game spun on its head, really. Uh, unfortunately, I've, I think what's quite important to do is to clarify the reasons why those substitutes were because a lot of people a lot of the information and feedback we got about Darren Moore was that his in-game management was poor uh, his use of subs was poor so it's I think it's quite important to sort of point out that Nakayama was injured I have absolutely no idea how it wasn't a booking on him how he um, you know how the rake down the Achilles but we got away with that penalty incident so you know I'm not going to complain too much about Jeff the ref um, he had to go off injured. He, he was certainly injured. Uh, Jonathan Hogg had to go off. Jonathan Hogg had a great game, by the way. He had to go off uh, injured as well. Uh, he st- ice pack went straight on Jonathan Hogg, so he might be a doubt on Tuesday, unfortunately. Bergsorg had to go off. Sauber Thomas was cramp. You know, had cramp. He had to go off. Karoma and Bergsorg were both absolutely shattered, uh, as you would be pressing like that for seventy minutes. Killer. I'd, I'd be shattered after five. And uh, so there were there were forced changes really, and there was only particularly one sub which I, I didn't agree I would have I would always put Headley on over Jackson in, in a game like that because of the, it was the pace uh, that was causing you know it was the pace of us and the strength which getting into you know the, the sort of first and second balls which was causing it such a problem so I would have put Headley on for um, Nakayama but it's not a it's not a big um, bone of contention or anything Jackson did, didn't do too badly when he came on um, it was more the huddling substitute I thought was perhaps the wrong one at the time I know it's easy for me to say now in hindsight but I did feel at the time it was the high press which was winning us the game effectively and Hudlin came on and Hudlin's probably not great at the press just yet he, he tried he tried he absolutely tried he worked hard but as soon as Hudlin came on it switched to be honest it switched all it switched to foul him it was pretty much reminiscent of Peter Crouch international football it switched was just ragging him all over the place again he should have had three or four fouls, but and then he and they put his arm out to stop someone at one point, and the ref ref was like, "I gave him a long talking, like he was going to book him," and he must have felt absolutely like, "What am I, what have we got to do?" But it, for me, that I thought Harrett was the smarter substitute there because Harrett would have been able to keep up with the pressing. You know, the Harrett Harrett's fantastic at just running around like an angry little dog, isn't he? He's he's, he's great at you know getting at people and biting at people's heels and stuff. And I thought Harrett would have been the better substitute at that moment in time rather than Hudlin, but. Romani Edmonds Green came on for Hogg, and I'm 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 not. I don't think Romani Edmonds Green's a midfielder. I'm not going to dig him out or anything, but it's just for me, it's not his role. I know he had that one good game, didn't he, uh, last season? And I think he played well. I can't remember what it was his. Did he play well against Sheffield United there or someone? I'm trying to remember the game, but um, you know he had for me. But that was a lack of options. He didn't really have anyone else. Kasumi was out injured. Who else do you put in there? So it's it's difficult to it's really difficult to sort of have a go at Darren Moore for these substitutes because they were forced on him all in a you know quick amount of time. He's been here for five minutes um, and he's, he, he had to do what he had to do. And I think it's only the huddling one, which I, I kind of disagreed with slightly at that point, but I can see why he also did it because he gives you that outlet, doesn't he? That sort of, not quite head on a stick. I think that'd be doing him sort of an injustice, but he gives you that out ball, that long target, doesn't he? Where you, if you're under pressure, you can go along and he can maybe hold the ball up. But, it was at that point really that Ipswich came back in and all of a sudden Ipswich went from, in my opinion, and I might get hate for this, I didn't think Ipswich looked 
great, to be honest. Uh, that, uh, throughout the game, I expected a lot more. But once we made those subs and they were allowed to play out, then it was like, ah, right, this is the real Ipswich Town now. They, they, they all of a sudden turned up. And I think when you look at the stats at the end of the game, the game looks quite equal. But up until this point, it was it, for me, it was fairly one-sided. But then the stats from the last 20 minutes really give Ipswich, you know, a a real sort of flavour. And, and and for how they played in the last 20 minutes, I think they'll argue they deserved a point. And, you know, and it came. And uh, Nichols made a great save, didn't he? It was absolutely great save from uh, Ladapo, wasn't it? Ladapo's touch. And, Ladap- and Helic had to make a great tackle to stop Ladapo getting in as well. Um, and then they score. And, and you can argue there's maybe a foul on Hudlin in the build-up. You can maybe say Hudlin's got to be a bit stronger and do a bit more. Either way, it's one of those. And then the ball comes in from the right-hand side and it kind of takes a deflection and falls nicely for Williams and it's an easy, easy goal. It's disappointing, but maybe for, for that period of pressure, it's maybe it's, maybe it's what it's which deserved, but it was a little bit deflating for me because I was, I was, because I was really sort of happy with how Huddersfield played. It was exciting to watch. It was fun. And I thought at that point we deserved to win in the, to be winning the game. And then it's which got their teeth into it. And it was just, it was just a bit of a, a disappointing ending because I, I just felt with the effort they put in, they kind of deserved a little bit more. But this is what happens when you play a team top of the league. You, you take, you know, you go off your game for 10, 15, 20 minutes and you get punished and Ipswich are a decent side and they proved that, didn't they? Yeah, I I, uh, I feel a bit of a hypocrite because I went on radio, didn't have a go up more. But I just kind of said, because again, we, got, we praised him on Monday night for the subs that earned a point in my opinion. But like I say, it's limited changes. So, you know, it's not exactly... Uh, you know, Alex Ferguson, what have you? It would pretty obvious. Don't have the squad. Or don't, again, we don't exactly so, have a lot of depth, do we? So again, I think you know I, 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 the changes about it. That who came off the bench, he ain't as good as who left the pitch. Simple as that, and uh, it showed. And we just hope that we can hang on in that as well. I just thought they. Uh, I mean, they only had one way. They only only got one way to play because you knew they were going to come battering, battering at us as well. And uh, yeah, it was, it was such a disappointing goal, and then really weird after that because for me my first thoughts were right let's get a point and because part of you thinks as soon as they had a plus seven all they crap like come on and I was thinking no I wanted to see plus two or three because yeah. <laughs> we were done uh, we were out of gas yeah. there's only we one team going to win it wasn't there at that point yeah. there were, were another five ten minutes I think they were going to win and like you said Matt he's been in the building seven days sorry nine days Darren Moore so he's finding out about the players it made me laugh I was getting a few texts from a few people oh, should have done this, you should have done that. We know so-and-so could do this, we know so-and-so could do that. But he done. He, he's not been on the still town manager for longer than that nine days. So it's like, he's going to find out about these players. Unfortunately, we're going to be learning, you know, maybe from Ennis. But I think the thing that I couldn't really get too mad about, like you said, yeah, he could have brought on Headley. And he did, to be fair, he did move Ruffles on, and he switched Ruffles and uh, Ben Jackson over on the flanks after the goal, which to me were almost like an admittance of shit. I'm maybe. That should have been done at the start, but but yeah, no, it's, it, it was deflating because it was a weird one, Matt. Because they asked me on the radio, it's like, well, do you think we deserve to win? And it's really I walked out of there thinking I didn't know really, <laughs> probably. But up until, up to, until yeah, up until seventy odd minutes, hundred yeah. percent, and then it was like the last okay, twenty minutes. Sure, you, like, man, yeah. you got to yeah, it's ninety minute game, isn't it? You got to give Ipswich credit for coming back into it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's impossible. No. It's 70 minutes though. We just, the thing is, I know I was fuming at the time. I was, 
I'm very quick to turn on people. And Darren Moore at 72 minutes yesterday when I wasn't aware um, Hoggy was injured, I was fuming. I thought we controlled the game because we gave them nothing in the centre of midfield, really. Hutchinson did a bit of work, but he had to kind of go out wide to get it and it just wasn't causing the same problems. And as soon as he's taking Hoggy and Cromer off at the same time, and then Nakayama's waved, I think, during the first substitution. Now, I don't think Nakayama was going off until the substitution for Hogg and Karoma had started because he sat down again, waved, and it took a little bit longer for... Um, who came on for, for... Ben Jackson came on for him, I think, didn't he, last? And it was a little bit of a delay, and then that's a third of your team, isn't it? And yesterday, Hogg and Nak- They were best players we had between Hogg, Hogg and Uta, so straight away, you knew what the next 30 minutes were going to be, and, and, and with this year's added on time being 10 minutes nearly every, every second half, 30 minutes against Ipswich, when we take, took off basically the engine, I thought, of the game, was always going to be going to be risky. And okay, you can sit back now and you can say, well, we don't have the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Players, but then, and he doesn't know them. You're right, because he doesn't know the players that we've got and their abilities just yet. But I think we do have, we did have different options for yesterday. I think we could have brought Tom Lees on for Johnny Ogg and then Chuck Ruffles in midfield. And I know it's not necessarily the most standard thing to do, but just somebody who had the pace of the game, all of a sudden, we, the, the half of the midfield, I totally lost how we were defending against Ipswich. I thought Reg looked out of place totally when he came on. I thought he looked very slow. He didn't look like he wanted to engage in runners. And again, he's not played that much this season. And, and yesterday's game was a, a very good quality, played at a very high pace. And you've changed a third of your team for the last 30 minutes against a team as high in confidence as possible. They've not lost at home. They've won every home, uh, away game this season. And we, we, we were, okay, forced into it a little bit. But if Hogg could have just done another five minutes, six minutes, I think it made a very big difference to how the game played out Instantly, we changed everything. And from that moment, we were under 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 so much mm. pressure. We did so well because we were attacking with pace. We were counter-attacking with pace. And you want to look at home. Counter-attacking with pace is exactly how you close games out. And we brought Udlin on. And I love Udlin. I love watching him. I tweeted about it last week. He's fascinating to watch. He's very unorthodox at the best of times. He's pretty good at his feet. But yesterday, all of a sudden, he kind of became very isolated because everybody else had to sit so deep when we weren't trying to push out and we were just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And he just looked, he looked out of water a little bit as well. Um, I find it hard to, sorry, but I find it hard to criticise that because I'm praising the, you know, the great work he did for the goal Monday. So how come more just, you don't know him. So it's like, how can he like, right, mate, you know, I I think it's a bit of a different argument if he's most been in a year or, you know, and if if I'm wrong here, but I don't think there's anyone on our bench, the coaching staff, that know it's a brand new set of courts and there's no one from the old regime, is there? Or is there? Still got the I get that, you still just... got all the analysts though, don't you, with the laptops think... in the stadium? And the... No one's I just think like, it was a pace. I don't think you should yeah. put him on. They're going to do that. So, unfortunately, you just we are going to pay the price. You'll learn a lot of that one more. It cost us a, 
go, but it's like, yeah, I just, I find it, people That's the key though, cause it, it's how he goes forward now. If we don't do it again to me, Pace was winning us that game up top and that outlet of the long ball over the defenders, their goalkeeper swept up quite a lot yesterday because our, our direct balls were really quite good and caused so many problems. We kept turning it switch around. They kept having to running back and teams that dominate possession hate that. They absolutely hate it because you're whacking them back 30, 40 yard and they're starting from so much deeper and we kept doing it and it worked and it worked and it worked. And from that moment, we couldn't do it anymore. And he doesn't know everybody. And I don't expect it to happen again. I think I think he will adapt. I think Sober Thomas started yesterday because he got that wrong against Coventry. We can I can complain about his defensive frailties, but when it comes to attacking, he's probably one of the better weapons that we've got. And we looked at a different team with within, within, within him starting yesterday. So he learned. And I just hope he does again with Huddling because I think to close that game out yesterday, it required a like for like. And I think Harrod had been a little bit a better of an option for us to close that game out than Huddling. But then you are right. I thought Huddling was fantastic against Coventry. So you can justify it by saying, well, he kind of deserved it because he played a part in the equaliser. Do not worry you guys though already that we've said before, our first 11 is, it should be all right, but the big cracks and creaks already. We've got Nakayama. Last thing I think we need is a game this Tuesday. We've got it. It's a nightmare for, for me that, but, but there's players carrying stuff. We've seen Kazuma injured. We've obviously, uh, you know, we've got just a few players that are not fully fit, in my opinion, and stuff. And he just showed, it's, it's, it does, it is what it is, but it's it's a bit frustrating. Obviously, Danny Ward's out. We're desperate for a striker. I think, I think the, the only, I'm going to make it down because it's been an upbeat pod, but it feels like we're on this great run. We've done really well. But I look today, I think we're like one point off or two points off second bottom. It's, we've done a lot of work, but it's it's a difficult one. We've, the backups are not good enough. We know that. And Moore's going to have to do a lot of jigging and like say square pegging round holes. He got it wrong with Red probably but it does concern me a little bit does that that but I suppose other teams will be saying we've not got a you know back up like the first team and stuff but I thought it switch had you know strong subs and, and ours were just yeah not good but no what do you reckon Matt do you think are you not as concerned as me but just there's a few injuries a few creaks where you know, we're struggling a bit I think haven't we no we, 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 we all know we've got no depth really um Defensively, we're okay, aren't we? We we know we lack a striker. That's no secret. We say it every week. We should, you know, we should have signed a striker. Didn't sign a striker, so now we've got to deal with what we've got. It gives it gives opportunities to Hudlin and Harrop. You know, they've got to take it. It's uh, similar with mid- midfield as well. Josh Osterfield's got to take that. You know, if Hogg gets injured, Josh Osterfield's got to take it. David Kasumi's got to take it. Um, it's that sort of small squad which which they've kind of created, but it does lack. Game changes, I think, like genuine game changes as well. You look at the bench. I mean, Headley's got a lot of good attributes to him, hasn't he? But is he a game changer for that left wing back position? Not really. Sauber Thomas goes off on the right. Is Tom Edwards a game changer? No. Tom Edwards can play defensive midfield, by the way. Um, he did in America, but you know, I don't know. I don't know whether he's a better option either. Um, Again, midfield, we, we we said for a while, didn't we, over the summer, we lack midfielders. We lack first-choice midfielders. We've got Ben Wiles. Ben Wiles has done fine. Um, good energy. I thought he played well. There were a couple of snap passes which were really good to set people away. Uh, I really enjoyed. If he gets injured, because he's, he's been carrying things, um, who replaces him? Because Kasumu's injured. You know, again, that, and that, that's another jiggle that you need to solve. You know, Diara maybe comes in and you have to switch the system again and things like that. So, yeah, we do lack... Um, a lot of depth in this squad. Even, you know, Scott High is not exactly flavour of the month with a lot of Huddersfield fans, but he's a, a body that can play a position for 10, 15 minutes at a time and he's he's out as well. Um, 
people probably don't want to see Scott High on the pitch, but I, I don't think he's as bad as a lot make out, which is, you know, my opinion. Um, but yeah, we, we, we really lack depth because just to answer it shortly, I've, I know I've gone around the houses, but yeah, um, we lack depth. But when you're a club like Huddersfield Town, you can't really afford the luxuries of uh, a massive squad, can you? It's just the way I think we, we, we'll roll with it. And when the academy comes back in, maybe that will produce more players coming through that you can potentially mm. throw in at that point. But that's not going to be for years yet. So um, we'll have to it fill it. But maybe there's a few loans that we needed that, that can just fill yeah. some gaps potentially. Jonathan Nogget were like rolling back the years on it yesterday. It was so good. And it's just so frustrating it, that, that it's such a key area midfield, isn't it? And then it's what he's... I mean, but we knew the rules on Kazuma when we bought him. We knew that I'm afraid we can't complain. It's like buying something from the shop and, and like taking it back saying, hang on a minute, we never... I never thought of that. We knew, but yeah, it's it's a blow that because ideally you'd love to maybe rest. Like if if Zuma feet maybe all go bench on Tuesday or whatever. But now and and like I say, Wiles still, you know, I, I still wonder if he's not fully there. It is. It's a huge concern, and uh, I mean, obviously, when I append about, I think he's miles off, but he's not really what we what we need. Really, this is kind of attacking midfielder. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting, mate. I mean, the other thing is you look at Jack Redoni last year and Jack Redoni shouldn't have been playing, you know, 46 or shouldn't have been starting 46 championship games last year, really, you know, from where he came from. But you look at him from then to now and the improvement that he's made. So maybe, like I say, maybe the we bring someone in like a, an Osterfield, a Diari, and the improvement that you'll see might not be immediate, but, you know, going forward in the long term, medium and long term, you know, it could potentially do them a world of good. The issue is making sure you've got a good enough team out on the pitch to to pick up points, isn't it? And that's that's the that's the key in the short term. But you know, it, it won't. It certainly won't hurt. You know, a lot of these young players in the, in the medium to long term. And like you say, with Radoni, it's it's done wonders, and he's one of our best players now, isn't he? He's um, he's, he's on fire at the minute. He's Jack Radoni. Um, yeah, let's talk about players that have impressed us. So we'll all, we'll all pick up. I've, I've picked two, but I'll I'll go with I'll go with Yuta Nakayama first and. I that for me that was probably Yuta's best game for Huddersfield that I can remember yet. Um, I thought his intelligence, just his intelligence, is just brilliant, isn't it? For for you know being able to overlap and underlap and just there's certain things that you can't measure because I've picked out his two key, two key two sorry two key passes, one assist, passing accuracy sixty four percent, which is obviously going to be lower when you're passing forwards instead of sideways. Uh, but it's the positional intelligence which you can't really measure and him moving into areas and he, he was absolutely key to that second phase of pressing as well. And, you know, it's his press, which creates the um, goal and it's his press, which creates the um, chance for Coroma where it hits the bar, you know, where it loops up and hits the bar as well. And I thought he was, he was outstanding. It just feels like the poor guy can't get a break just as he's, because last season, just as he was looking to just finally get to grips with things, he did his Achilles and, you know, he has his best game for Huddersfield Town and he's he's going off with his with an Achilles problem again. And I just hope it's nothing too serious and you know, we see him back sooner rather than later. Because for me he was he was a real cut above what we've seen in that area for for a number of years, since probably since Harry Toffolo. Um I, but very different to Harry Toffolo. But for me his intelligence, his positional intelligence and his ability to pick passes and time the passes as well for runners brilliant and we don't really see defenders who can pick passes out like that from the back do we so for me Yutanakiyama was excellent um, was he man of the match mm, one of them but I think uh, I think one of them I think one of you guys will pick the man of the match maybe Killer but Cosy um, who did you uh, in fact no I'll go Killer because yeah. I think Cosy's going to uh, just touch on Nakiyama uh, 
Matt. He just he just looks he just oozes class, doesn't he? I he, I think if you were buying him now, from what what do, what do we pay for him? We didn't. Would it have free? Free. Here's a free from yeah. uh, from Holland. And we, I've said the last couple of podcasts that where does he fit in? I think Killer might have kind of nailed it there. Almost like kind of a, a wing back. I, I, I think offensively he, he added so much yesterday as well, and I do think we've got that you know defensive solidity as well, which we didn't kind of see from. I don't want to name another young guy, but Ben Jack. But yeah, it's like you say, my heart went out to him because he carried on, didn't he? It was so frustrating. Was going, you could tell he wasn't fit to carry on, and but his pride, he didn't want to. He's probably thinking, oh no, please, you know, not be injured again. And and it were a horrible moment, wasn't it, when he went down again, and you just knew the ref came over, and their fans were like it's cheating all this lot. But I thought, there's no way this guy's cheating. And yeah, mate, it's, 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 it's just, it's just we, we, we haven't got many class players, I would say, or. Players who can play, oh, I don't think of the word, players who can play in a, it's different gear. And, and Newton Akiyama just cruised the last couple, in my opinion, just cruising some of his games. He just looks, he looks better than than a, a lower division, sorry, a, low, a lowly championship club to me, mate. But, oh, please, please not a bad injury. He just looks classed, doesn't he? Everything he does is perfect. I can't, you guys might correct me, has he made a mistake? a memorable mistake while playing for us I can't oh, really don't ask Mike Fotheringham because he absolutely hammered him didn't he for that Rotherham goal you know, where he was like yeah. Japanese centre back you know did he, he sometimes sometimes on crosses into the box he can get manhandled a bit I think was the point Fotheringham was making but right. um, but not 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 lately no certainly not he's a footballer he's a proper football he could be, I, I think you could play him in any position and he can do a job his, his vision's perfect he just his touch is unbelievable it, it's effortless You'll watch him. As soon as he brings it down, it's away from him and he's away. There's no transition. There's no slowing down and trying to work out what's next. I admired that about him. And obviously, they're very different players, but that similar kind of, when they get it, they've got time. They've got so much time on the ball. They're always getting, they're always five yards further off every other man compared to when everybody else gets the ball. It just gives them that little bit of movement. And, and it just, that's why things happen when he gets the ball. He does the work before he gets it. And that's why it looks so easy. It doesn't look like he has to dribble past two players. He doesn't have to because when he gets it, he's already in that right position. So he's he's he's, he's the best player we've got at the moment for me and he's the most improved and the most exciting going forward. But then there's a couple more. You can't not like Josh Caroma from turning it around compared to where he was last year. He's just, he's back to his best that he was like under the Cowleys for me. I think he's, he's just, when he gets the ball in that final third again, again, you feel like something's going to happen with him. You just feel like he's going to, going to create something or there's going to be a decent shot but the person I'm actually the most impressed with and it, it, it wasn't man of the match yesterday or it was for me my skewed thinking but I really like how Ben Wiles plays I like how I like how he enables the rest of us to play I don't think it's any coincidence that Jack Rodoni's last couple of games has again looked like he's took a step forward because he doesn't have to worry now even less about who's playing behind him Wiles again he, he's a very clean player I can't I don't think he misplaced a pass yesterday he's never out of position and he just seems to accommodate both Hoggy and Hoggy's lack of pace. You'll see Wiles, if Hoggy steps up a little bit further, cutting in, just covering him, just playing as, as Hoggy's sweeper. Now, nobody else has done that before, not without looking so deep that we get further and further back. He's just got that intelligence of being able to be in the right position at the right time. And and I think he's a bit of a bargain. When Rotherham fans are a bit... Again, I'm with you on Scott Eye as well, Matt. I think when, when you're a centre midfielder, it's sometimes very difficult to stand out. So what I like looking at in midfield is is if I can see a problem, if I can see an issue, if we're losing that midfield battle, and we aren't last couple of games, and it's because we've we've got a really good unit in there. Like I say, I, I am worried if Hoggy's out injured. If he's if he misses a period of time, I think Kasumu could do a job. 
But apart from that, there's nobody there that can do it just yet. Um, if Rodoni's out, I still like Brahima Diara. And I think with the midfield option that we've got now, he's going to have a little bit more free reign with Hoggy and Wiles behind him. Um, but it, it's, there's so many players that have just stepped up a bit. And I think the worry was with Warner cleaving that that would be the opposite, would regress really quickly and they'd go back to the the shadow of themselves where the confidence were lacking and you could vi- you could visibly see it from the stands. But it's just not there. And it it feels like there's a real unity just, just from watching it and seeing them again. And it feels like everybody knows the job, but it comes to me down to consistency in that midfield area, which both Utah and um, Ben Wiles are a major part of. I think, as, I think as well, just little things though, like where we celebrate our goals, Coventry, you had like six, seven lads, knee, knee, knee slide, key and at that. If people are united, that don't, you don't get that. And again, yesterday, I mentioned it earlier, but people jumping in the crowd and stuff, it's, he does seem in that front, and uh, this is quite a mass just sprung this on us today about the players. So, luckily, we've all picked different ones, but I've got to mention again Delano Bergsorg. He's incredible. Like, when we got him, I think everyone else would iron up his stats like, God, this is a striker. Like I said, you know, but he's a winger that, and he'd been around a bit, and you never know what you're going to get, do you? But, but incredible showboat. <laughs> I think he's even bragging about it on his Instagram, but it's like, it's kind of stuff that'll probably <laughs> get you with two. Hopefully, someone will try and walk as bad. There's two footmen get sent off, and he obviously escapes injury free. But I couldn't stop laughing at that yesterday because I look at the clock. It was 79 minutes when it happened. So I'm thinking, and he's charging off towards the corner. I'm thinking, does he think it says 89 here? <laughs> it's just like, mate, come on. And then he just stood on the ball. It was just hilarious. But a real character. I think town fans are going to love him, and they already are. But he's snapshot. He's got so much going for him in that as well. And and again. Obviously, for free and, and in, his, in his history, we're going to see some, you know, maybe tepid performances. But when so, you're going to have game changers and people getting the ball, when he gets the ball, I don't know what's going to happen. I love it. I absolutely love that. He didn't know what's going to happen. That's that's the wonderful thing as well, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. He's, 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 yeah. he's, he's a lot of fun. Like, yeah, he is. We were, saying, I, we were saying, weren't we, pre-season that, because that one of the things about Huddersfield, watching Huddersfield Town is a bit dull because there aren't players that you want to go and watch and there are players that get you out of your seat and get you excited. He's definitely one of them, isn't he, mate? Definitely, mate. I think that see, we've had we've been blessed with Dutch players, uh, Clive Wanner, Dean Gore. We've had some characters, haven't we, in that as well? Don't we? Ken Moncow, yeah. Going back the old, uh, yeah. I can't miss Van Lepara as well. Come on, he's got oh, yeah. a bit of Van Lepara's about him. He has. Yeah. He's got that same yeah, excitement. Yeah. He's got a bit more end product than Van Lepara has already, but he's got that same thing. Yeah. It's just when he gets it, you know we're same going arrogance, forward. Yeah, you don't same arrogance. You don't, exactly, but you need that arrogance, I think, because that yeah. style of a footballer, as a winger, that you've got a striker that's going to take on plays, you need the arrogance. It's a fine line between too much standing on a ball 79 minutes and nearly losing the game in the end. And if that had happened, we look back at that a little bit differently. But he's just like you say, he's got yeah. the right amount of arrogance that we all love to get behind. And it's just nice that he's got a town shirt on for a change. It looks right. like he's enjoying it life and, and his football and you can see why Darren Moore I think has come now because you, ah, you thinks he could have sat but there's people to work for there there's some rough diamonds there isn't there we mentioned Diara in the past Warnock got a, a nice little tune out of him and he probably looked at that thinking I could I mean he mentioned again after the interview yesterday there's so much more what it, I think on Friday after the press conference so much more come from these guys than there is I think he's just obviously the, the injury is kicking in I think if we could get his best 11 out I think we could go anywhere, although I've been watching Leicester today, maybe not there, but it's, uh, yeah, honestly, there's, there's a lot to be positive about, but just looking at the table, maybe getting the carry away with some five unbeaten, but, mate, what a, it's going to be a proper scrap, isn't it, I think, to uh, 
you, you, you think, oh, we should be all right. We've got enough about us, and we probably should be. But and it's too early, really, to be thinking about stuff like that. But which quarter of the table going to be? But I, I think we'll give it anyone a game. But yeah, I mean, I know, I know it's Sheffield Wednesday games away, but you just know what's coming, don't you? They can't. They're absolute garbage. They hate chances. They lose every game. You know what's coming, don't you? It feels like that time I went to. Uh, feels well, like that time I went to Ellen Road when they'd sacked Brian McDermott the night well, before. Man. Just a little bit like that. Don't bring me up for the pod next week. If we lost that. <laughs> we'll come to that later. I think finally, I think Jonathan Hogg's worth a mention as well. He's um, created a chance. His passing rate was sixty-eight percent, which is lower than usual. But that's because a lot of them were passes into the final third as well, which is which is great to see that uh, Hoggy doing as well and tackling. Got a couple in clearance interception, six recoveries, which was really good as well for Jonathan Hogg, which shows, you know, he's he's attacking that second ball and getting in on the second balls, which I think has maybe been something which has dropped off a bit uh, lately. But, you know, we're back on it. Um, great performance. Hopefully he's not uh, too badly injured. We don't have a view from an Ipswich fan this week. Usually I have an opposition view at this point. I did send a message to one. Uh, unfortunately, he's not replied, but... You know, if we get one from him later on, then we might post it out as an individual one. Uh, a couple of things to finish on. We've got about 10 minutes and then we'll we'll finish it. But um, self-serving beer. I didn't see it. Um, I was in the, the Riverside. Cozzy was in the Kilner. Poz was in the um, South Stand. And Killer was in the North Stand. Nobody saw this self-serving beer, but it sounds like a fairly decent idea. I know it blew a few minds, didn't it, on, uh, on the internet. But um, very quickly... Decent idea. Anything to stop the queues or improve the queues? It's not a bad thing, is it? It's pretty standard in Australia. Um, they're, they're in it more or less every stadium going, and it's just easy. It's, it's a lot quicker mm. than than anything we've had here. So anything that's quicker than uh, the kiosks in the stadiums always always going to be a step forward, isn't it? Because it's been pretty atrocious recently. Well, recently, as in since nineteen ninety four when it opened. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 apart from when no one was there, like when we got six thousand against Millwall, it was pretty easy that day on where Frank Sinclair bagged a penalty, I think, um, in the fog, and you couldn't even see it from one, one end of the stadium. You still got it. You couldn't get a fire. You also went to see cup final. You still hold it against the club, mate. That's it. Yeah. Got, I've got it on a chalkboard. I'll have to show everybody it one day. But anything that's feasible, it's just, it's just good in it. It is a step forward. It's the stadium's fantastic. It looks beautiful, but this infrastructure within it that everyone's been pretty open with that it needs to, to to take a bit of a step forward. And if this is the first part of it, then it's only good news for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to get used to stuff like this from Kevin Nagel. It's good, isn't it? And exactly. Some other fans were like laughing as we're like, "God, welcome to the twenty first century." What have you? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just hoping that yeah, we can obviously do a lot of negative. Oh, bloody cash! You can't pay any cash, but. God, I don't think that we pay for. I don't think Cass will be around in a few years, but it's not a, a money podcast. But yeah, it's uh, no. I, I, this is what I want to see. And I think I think next couple of years things will be, you know, will change a little bit. And the, uh, I'll tell you what, we're interesting thing, Matt. I don't know how I bumped across. Sometimes X, I call it now, in Twitter, but you bump into stuff that you don't people you don't follow. But someone, I think Giants had had a light show or something, didn't they? Oh, so yeah. Kevin Nagel were like had said, yeah, that sounds a good idea. But my only worry is knowing that KSTL, if we turn the floodlights off, they might not come back on. Yeah. <laughs> Game abandoned. <laughs> yeah, let's move it on. So speaking of having too much beer, cause it or maybe a different substance, um bit bit tetchy at the end, wasn't it? With that when uh, when they yeah. scored. You know what, mate? It's one of those, isn't it? I think when you get I mean, I saw it, I know limited numbers and this big divide between Coventry and other fans on the in the stand there, but loads of Alot rushed their end and 
uh, loads about that. There weren't many there, but you know what I mean. So there's a bit, and there were a bit of gesturing and stuff, but we saw it a bit worse, I thought, yesterday and that as well. And there was some, uh, I saw some few punches get thrown, stewards get involved and that as well. But we were saying before, air killer, there's 100%, I'm not seeing things here, but there's no divide anymore. The number of times I've seen some of these away day things are, you know, Middlesbrough, Uddersfield or Norwich or Uddersfield and, and there's town fans going on this. No, it's uh, half is, oh, you know, 2,400 is away and the rest is Uddersfield. But yeah, it's, but you, but I think the point is when you look at it now and you're getting around, I'm thinking, bloody hell, there's no divide there. So inevitably there's stuff, but there was stuff getting thrown and then, you know, when they scored, they were like, they were, they were a bit naughty, but they, they proper came over and they were like, come on then. And some of the guys did and stewards got involved. But it's like, it's a it's an awkward one because it feels like to me again I, I'm definitely not seeing things but it's like right that's, if there's empty seats let's get them filled and that as well but it does make me depressed really that people can't go together I don't know if anyone's seen that Real Sociedad uh, Athletic Bill Barb kind of thing yesterday which has gone viral where the guys because it's a quite real friendly like past Derby and there were an incredible scene where they're doing that Poznan and uh, Real Sociedad there's this Athletic Bilbao guy just stood there, just smiling with his arms folded. There's like, you know, hundreds of people just bouncing around around it, but there's no bother. But obviously, it's very tribal in this country as well. And it just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to over exaggerate it stuff because I know there were one or two things from what I've heard after, after the game. But it's just, I don't like. We don't want to. We don't want to see stuff choked. And I get you don't. It is part. It does. It's a strange one, but a lot of people like to rush. Away fans don't they when they scored I don't but but you see when I used to be in SAS I'm like first thing people want to do is just run towards the away fans but I don't get it. But yesterday we're a bit naughty and I'm just thinking obviously we've got bigger fish to come or whether they'd give leads that obviously March that kind of uh, right up to the divide, it'll be interesting in that as well, boys. Uh, I don't think QPR we need to worry about that, but yeah, just uh it wasn't good, really, and that as well. But at, at some of their, it was really their fans were a bit annoyed. They were proper hanging over, like there's there's giving a bit out, but there was yeah, so yeah, a bit poor, really. Yeah, I didn't see anything, but apparently some trouble down by the coach as well, which she'd obviously don't want to, to see. Um, it's a cat ball neck though, Matt, isn't it? Coming out of that ground, yeah, it's, it's not not ideal, is it? Um, um, I think uh, we'll finish on a, a, a positive as well. Um, I thought what was really good was uh, two fans were two sets of fans coming together for a, a legend of of both clubs, um, people who um, did the walk for Marcus Stewart, you know Miles for Marcus, which is fantastic to see. Um, the long walk, I think people are still available to to sponsor as well, which all the proceeds, I believe, go to uh, MND and the uh, the foundation, which uh, Stephen Darby's, uh, you know, we've seen the ex Bradford player, you know, the foundation that he's helped set up as well, which. Um, is is a really good uh, place for it to go. Um, but yeah, well done everybody who, who did the Miles to Marcus um, and uh, you know, everybody who contributed and we're looking at ways which we can try and do something as well um, from a podcast side, um, which stay tuned for. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll come up with eventually. Um, things work slowly in uh, TTC Towers, don't they, Cosy? Um, but yeah, fantastic, mate, wasn't it? Uh, to see so many people turn out for a guy who means a lot to um, the people of Huddersfield and Ipswich. Brilliant, uh, Matt. I don't know if you remember in the summer, but I remember a good friend of the pod, Andy Kay, was messaging Kevin Nagel. So big respect to Kevin Nagel, Matt, because I think you've got to remember this isn't Dean Hall's show anymore. So 
Kevin Nagel can go a different route wherever he wants, but he's been massive about community and the thing that we all love about being town fans that we're, we were different to Man United or Tottenham or what have you. We are connected. I'm sure they've got their community connections as well, but it feels like we do so much more for people. So no surprise yesterday, the great man in town and that as well, looking well. Uh, we've got to say that as well. And yeah, so many people, there were people tweeting me uh, during it because I put a tweet out and stuff. So I was getting up Castle Hill. There. I mean, to be fair, I've walked stuff there, but not, not part of a 15-mile walk. And they were saying, God, it's been bloody hard and stuff like that as well. But again, mate, just absolutely fantastic and makes you proud to be uh, a Field Town fan as well. And uh, yeah, just, he's still very upsetting, isn't he? Roth, you know, with Marcus Stewart and, you know, the, the t- memories that he's brought to a lot of town fans of a certain age and, you know, to, to have this horrible, you know, disease. But again, that's I love when football kind of comes together. It's just a shame I just mentioned there where there's a bit, I get it with a goal and, and emotions from I, but I'd just love to, you see the all time in Spain where opposition fans are chatting to each other and people getting on and even having some games, you know, against each other and stuff. My, I could be totally wrong here, I'm showing my age, but I think the young Terriers back in the day, you know, Uddersfield Sportsman, I'm sure they used to have games against whoever we were playing, opposition fans and stuff like that as well, before the game. Neil, and stuff. Neil on the pod, he was, he was an ex-young Terrier, wasn't he? <laughs> um, never, Maybe some never. people who's watching, some of the uh, people in the 40s like myself, like could message him, but just, I just love it when Football's United stands together for a, for one of both of their own and, and stuff like that as well. And uh, I still can't believe that. There's no way. I know it's been done to death, but there's no way Steve Bruce is selling his striker when we're flying to it. But anyway, that's for another debate, mate. Isn't it? But fantastic day, and yeah, proud of everyone who uh, who did the walk, and massive respect. I'm sure you'll be feeling it today, guys. Still, Definitely fantastic. And I think it's an appropriate place to end the podcast, isn't it? On that note, and wishing all the best to a legend in in Marcus Stewart as well. So thanks everybody for tuning in this week uh, and we'll be back after uh, probably the Sheffield Wednesday game I'm not too sure if there'll be any uh, any follow up to the Birmingham one just yet but we'll definitely be back next uh, next weekend and uh, we'll catch you then thank you very much the fans have gone cold I'm wondering why I saw this club at all a non-existent transfer window and Neil's gone and all when I ran the club, it wasn't always great, but Wagner's picture on my wall, it reminds me that it's not so bad, it's not so bad. The fans have gone cold, I'm wondering why I sold this club at all, a non-existent transfer window, and Neil's gone and all. But when I ran the club, it wasn't always great, but Wagner's picture on my wall. It's not so bad, it's not so bad. Dear Kev, I'd like to welcome you to Uddersfield Town. Famous for rugby league, Harold Wilson and David Brown. I hope you enjoy your trip here and it's not all for nothing. I could show you around town, I can meet you at the post office or something. We can hit down to Burtby, Marsh, Golker or Dalton. But anyways, fuck it, what's been up man, how's your two daughters? My girlfriend's pregnant too, I'm about to be a father. And if I'm a daughter, guess what I'm a caller? I'm a name of Nagel. I hear you keeping on Neil and Ronnie too, I love it. Any fans that don't like those two, just tweet them, tell them to shove it. I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. I even used to play a Sacramento Kings on NBA Jam. 
I've got a room full of all your posters and your pictures, man. I've even replaced my wedding photo with a picture of Uncle Sam. Anyways, I hope you get this, man. Hit me back. Just a chat. Truly yours, your biggest fan. And my name's Stan. The fans have gone cold, I'm wondering why. I sold this club at all. A non-existent transfer window, window. And Neil's gone and all. But when I ran the club, it wasn't always great. But Wagner's picture on my wall. It reminds me that it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Dear Kev, you're still in Colorado. I hope you have a chance. I ain't mad. I just feel a bit daft that you're tweeting other fans. If you didn't want to talk to me outside of Marston's, you didn't have to. But you could have signed an autograph for Matthew. That's my POS pal. He's around 40 year old. We waited in the blistering cold for you for four hours and you just said no. That's pretty tight, man. You're like his fucking hero. He wants to be just like you, man. He likes you more than Dino. I ain't mad, though. I just don't like being lied to. Remember when we met in Lockwood? You said if I'd write you, you'd write back. Cause we were queuing for Dixons I gave you a thumbs up and said it's a fucking dream Then my lad got pissed off cause we couldn't afford ice cream I know you've hardly signed anyone but you haven't been here long But we can't be losing out on players to Rotherham or West Brom I ain't really got out else so when town's crap I get depressed I even got a tattoo of your name across my chest <laughs> Sometimes I show people down slubbers just for adrenaline I tell ya it's such a sudden rush for me, I love it. See, everything you say is real, I respect you because you tell it. My girlfriend's jealous because I talk about you 24-7. But she don't know you like I know you, Kev. No one does. She don't know what it was like for people like us growing up. you got to call me, man. I'll be the biggest fan you'll ever lose. Sincerely yours, Stan. P.S. We should go for a beer together, too. The fans have gone cold, I'm wondering why. I sold this club at all. A non-existent transfer window, window And Neil's gone and all But when I ran the club it wasn't always great But Wagner's picture on my wall It reminds me that it's not so bad It's not so bad Dear mister, I'm too good for Ronnie and Neil, what a farce This'll be the last package I ever send your ass. Neil's been here for seven months and now he's gone, he don't deserve it I don't care if Darren Moore's replacing him, Neil Warnock's perfect. So this is my cassette I'm sending you, I hope you hear it. I'm in the car right now on M62 on the freeway. Hey Kev, I've been drinking at Magic Rock, you dare me to drive? You know that song we all sing called Smile A While? About how town will play up and bring back the cup? Well now we won't, because you fucked us by getting rid of them. That's kind of how this is, you could have rescued us from drowning. Now it's too late, we're 20,000 downers now, it's lousy. And all I wanted was for Neil to stay, that's all. I hope you know I ripped all your pictures off the wall. I loved you, Kev. We could have had a drink together, think about it. You ruined it now, I hope you can't sleep and you dream about it. I hope you lose your phone and you can't tweet about it. I hope your conscience eats at you and you can't breathe without me. See, Kev, shut up, love, I'm trying to talk. Hey, Kev, that's my girlfriend screaming in the trunk. But I'm not off to Merry England following you no more. See, I'm not like you, because if I wear flip-flops with jeans, I'll look daft too. Well, gotta go. I'm almost at Scamandon Bridge now. Oh, bollocks. I forgot. How am I supposed to send this shit out? The fans have gone cold. I'm wondering why. I sold this club at all. A non-existent transfer window. window. And Neil's gone and all. It wasn't always great, but Wagner's picture on my wall It reminds me that it's not so bad, it's not so bad
Dear Stan, I meant to write you sooner, but I've just been busy. You said your girlfriend's pregnant now. How far along is she? Look, I'm really flattered you would call your daughter that. And here's an autograph from Matthew. You can put it with his purple king's cap. I'm sorry I didn't see you at Dixon's. I must have missed you. I've seen your tweets asking if I like the fish and chips, too. But what's this shit you said about me fucking up the club, too? I say that shit's just clowning, dog. Come on, how negative are you? You got some issues, Stan. Let's give Darren some support. Let's get the John Smiths bouncing while we play this fantastic sport. And what's this shit about us going for a drink together? That type of shit'll make me not want us to meet each other. I really think you and your girlfriend need each other. Or maybe you should just treat her better. I hope you get to read this letter. I just hope it reaches you in time before you hurt yourself. I think you'll be doing just fine if you relax a little. I'm sorry Neil and Ronnie had to go, but Stan, why are you so mad? Try to understand that I do want to please you fans. I just don't want you to do some crazy shit. I read this one thing in the Examiner a couple of weeks ago that made me sick. Some dude was drunk and drove his car over Scamandon Bridge. And he had his girlfriend in the trunk. She was pregnant with his kid. And in the car they found a tape, but they didn't say who it was to. Come to think about it, his name was... It was you. Damn. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget, share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.